Welcome to the CE Pro Podcast. I'm Executive Editor Arlen Schweiger. This week, we also want to wish every CE Pro out there a happy and safe Thanksgiving. You know, in these turbulent times, probably the last thing that many integrators are thinking about is purchasing another custom installation company, but that's exactly what Justin Worley of CE Pro 100 company Desert Valley Audio Video did. To make it even more complex, Desert Valley is based in Scottsdale, Arizona, and the company Worley acquired Audio Concepts is a 40-year-old integrator based in Long Beach, California. Worley sat down with CE Pro editor Jason Knott to talk about the reasons for the acquisition, as well as bumps in the road that dealers should consider if they're thinking of making a similar move. Big picture story here for every integration company is that even though we're in a pandemic, it's important to keep your eye on the long-term outlook of your business. Okay, so uh, Justin, tell us, Tell me a little bit about Audio Concepts, the, the, the origins of the company and the state of the company. Sure. So Audio Concepts is new to us. Um, you know, we acquired Audio Concepts uh, in March of last year, so 2019. Um, you know, that's after being in Arizona for the last 10 years, nine years with, with our company out there. Um, and we kind of had just got to a point where I was ready for a new challenge. Um, I feel like there's kind of a sweet spot with, uh, in our industry, within our industry of you don't really want to get too big because your margins can, especially in a certain market, your margins start, start to go down once you get a little too large. So, you know, we're all looking for different ways to grow, uh, sometimes going into different types of services. Um, in this instance was more just crossing the state line and going out to California. Uh, so we picked up audio concepts from Steve Working. He's been in the industry, opened up audio concepts in 1975. And I, realistically, that's, you know, one of the kind of fun stories along the way has been taking over a company that's been in business, you know, for that many years. Um, we, we did do it as a stock purchase. So we kind of went in and took over everything. And it was just things like, you know, typically you can find the uh, corporation articles on the California website, but this company's been in business so long that they were handwritten in a desk in somewhere in his office that he had to find. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's a lot of, lot of things you don't really think about when you're buying a company that's been around this long. Um, they were a hi-fi shop, mainly retail, that had just done what I think a lot of hi-fi retail shops have done in the last couple of years, which was starting to shift more into the custom side. Um, You know, Steve kind of saw a little bit of the writing on the wall that, you know, the hi-fi might not be the only source of revenue to drive the business. So he, you know, even, you know, kind of getting close to retirement, he was already looking at how do I get into doing more systems, design, custom uh, integration. And uh, so he was kind of, you know, into that a little bit and I was able to come in and take what he started with. The techs were already trained. They were already control for Savant certified. So um, I was able to take that and then start looking for the right avenues to bring more business into the door. And so even with COVID it's, it's been a pretty successful year and a half of growth for that business. I noticed the website still seems really heavily focused on the audio side of the business with uh, the high performance audio stuff, Macintosh, Meridian, all that sort of stuff up there. 
is that really still where you're trying to keep that niche at the, the luxury end of the audio side? Or is it, is that just kind of the foot in the door with the customer base and then you're going through to control and security and all the other areas? Uh, you know what, what I realized is it really is two different clients. You know, when I first took over, I was thinking my experience with the hi-fi client was our custom clients that were luxury clients that wanted to do large systems had a little bit of expendable income that they would put towards hi-fi if you told them about it. You know, they weren't always necessarily looking for, you know, $20,000 set of two channel speakers. But if you told them and you showed them and you let them listen, then they, they saw the value and they'd want to go that way. Steve really has a following of clients that only seek out hi-fi. They really don't care about home automation. They probably don't have the homes that would need it anyways. Um, so it's been a little bit of a learning curve about two different types of clientels that we can serve both of. Um, the website itself, I didn't really want to lose what we did with audio concepts because it's a big part of the history, but the website itself is kind of in a, a little bit of a limbo because we're in the process in the next week or two of launching a new website that covers both our Scottsdale location and our end audio concepts. So I've been having to really work hard to try to figure out how I can have one, webs one, one website that covers both of these two companies still shows both of the company names because they're not going to, ch I'm not going to change the names at, at least at this point of the two companies and still tells a story about me, how I took over audio concepts and what I've done to grow Desert Valley and kind of puts all that into one spot. So you'll see that maybe in the next two or three weeks launch. Um, and so it's, it's challenging to have a website that covers all of these different markets between elect doing the actual electric uh, contracting, the hi-fi, the retail out here in California, there is a market in some of these smaller homes for things like nest and ring and stuff like that. And then still trying to stay focused on what, you know, is kind of our breadwinner, which is the, the actual integration and the home automation and the luxury part of that uh, market. Right. So what were some of the challenges you encountered besides, obviously, you mentioned like the incorporation papers and all that sort of stuff of, of, of running an operation from two different states? Uh, the first challenge, I, I think, was when I, when I took over Audio Concepts, I, I thought I would probably combine the two companies and just kind of take Audio Concepts and bring it within the Desert Valley umbrella. Um, and the laws between California, you know, whether it's labor laws or just taxes in general, we started taking a closer look and just said, you know, it's going to be more headache than it's worth. So having the two different states and having to operate them as two different businesses has been a challenge. Um, but I was able to kind of keep the idea, which was sharing admin staff. Um, so we have most of our main office admin comes out of Scottsdale. You know, our, between our, we have a rock star admin team, office manager, purchasing, service manager, and general manager. And, and all of those people are in Arizona, but they kind of run both companies. And, you know, obviously since Zoom and the COVID is, everybody's been more uh, uh, accepting of working remotely and doing all this. And there's a lot of new tools, you know, out that, to help with all that. Is there anything that you learned from audio concepts that 
uh, was enlightening to you for Desert Valley and or vice versa, where you came over and said, oh, my God, I can't believe they're still doing this. We got to incorporate this, this either sales process or a tech or planning or scheduling process or something of that nature. The, the one thing that immediately comes to mind when you ask of what I learned from audio concepts and taking that over is to kind of a little to embrace a little bit more of the do it yourself or product. Um, not so much, you know, Steve, who I bought the company from was kind of in wind down mode and he was a one man operation. He did everything admin. He didn't have really an admin staff. So he wasn't really built for like a big company process, but what he did kind of show me is like, you know, it's kind of okay to sell some Sonos here and there. It's okay to sell some ring or nest um, because it does lead to some of these bigger projects. If you get your foot in the door with that. And I was pretty anti, um, Sonos ring nest and even having it in our showroom for display or anything at desert Valley. And, uh, I've kind of fully embraced it and you kind of see, um, where it has a place and where it has the opportunity to help other parts of your business grow. Good. Um, all right, let's talk about this electrical division. Um, tell, was that something for the California operation for Scottsdale for both? Um, I know California has real restrictive, licensing elements on the electrical. Tell me why you did it and, and where it is. Yeah. Um, I did get an electrical license here in California when I took over, um, but I'm not using it actively for any electrical yet. Um, I have started working on lighting design in California, and I've specified and provided uh, lighting fixtures to uh, quite a few large projects but I've found two or three electricians that I've teamed up with here so that I don't have to take over and grow a division right now um, because there is a lot to it with California. You know, the, uh, there's different, uh, I think title 24, there's, there's a lot of things to learn um, energy, you know, once you get it down, it's, it's just another thing you need to know, but I, I don't feel like I know enough to take that division on yet in California in Arizona. Um, it just seemed like a necessary step for growth. Um, we, we started doing lighting design. We brought in um, a couple guys that have experience with lighting design and are able to do really good jobs, you know, creating the CAD files for different lighting design um, systems. And we feel like a lot of the projects we were running into were starting to ask for tunable lighting solutions. And the electricians we were working with were either like uh, kind of fighting the idea because they didn't want to learn it um, not able to do it even if they said they could. And it was like the, we could just see where having a little more control over that part of the project was going to make the end result for the client better. Um, so it made sense. Hey, let's jump in and do this. Um, three months into it had me totally second guessing the idea. Hmm. I would say you gotta, you gotta have the right guy running that department because us AV guys, think electrical's easy and it's not. I mean, we look at it, so it's three wires and blah, blah, blah. You know, we, we think we can do it, no problem. We can't, you know, there's so much involved. You know, there's years and years and years of code that have been written on electrical. Um, there's a lot of back and forth with the, if you're doing a large project, there's back and forth with the engineer and the architect during the design to make sure, you know, loads are calculated and all of this. And it's never done right between the engineer so then you need somebody that really knows what they're doing running your show. And so I kind of learned that the hard way at first, but
but I was able to kind of get a, a, a rock star that was just kind of tired of running his company and wanted to join the team and saw the vision to come on and take over for running our electrical division. And he came into some projects that we'd started, got them going in just the perfect direction. And we kind of finished with a bang on a couple really, really challenging project projects on the electrical side. Um, and so I just think that one message I really want to make sure people realize is don't just jump in without planning and don't jump in just like any other business you're going, have the right people before you take on too much work, you know, make sure you have kind of a process and you have somebody you trust because you're not going to learn it all. You know, there's just too much to learn. You need somebody that knows what they're doing. So was the decision driven primarily by the lighting fixture category or was it for just moving wires for mounting TVs on the walls or was it, Hey, you envision a separate standalone electrical service division in your company? Um, it was really driven by, I feel like turning our company into a one-stop shop for everything that's technology under the roof. Um, and to do that, in a good way, you need to have a little more control over the actual electrical systems in the, the home. Um, I think you can, you can design an engineer, but you know, that usually gets thrown out the window the first walkthrough with the client if you're not the one in charge of that walkthrough. Um, so just having a little bit more control over the end result and driving um, these larger projects um, the right direction, I think is kind of the reason why we got into it. Um, we've had, since we started getting our feet on the ground, we have all kinds of requests now for, you know, home builders that are doing like more track home electrical. And we just are really steering clear of that. We, we think that our market is kind of luxury home, things that need to be designed and things that need the, the technology side, the audio video and security tied into the electrical side. Um, and we're now that we have a good electrical division and our, you know, our leaders in the AV side and our leaders on the electrical side like each other and work well together. And they have the same purpose, you know, which is growing Desert Valley AV. We can do a lot better job than just whatever electrician the contractor builds in and brings in and whatever AV the contractor brings in. So. What about specifically in the lighting category, though? Are you are you pursuing that? You're pushing that. I know PoreSource has brought in, you know, David Werfel, and he's been done some stuff with you guys. Yeah. Is that are you are you going that route, or is it just kind of uh, natural progression there? No, we absolutely are. Um, I think that's where it starts. I think all of these large projects start with the initial uh, lighting design because it's kind of like what gets your foot in the door, and there's only a few. That's a really niche market where even in Scottsdale, there's only a few well-known lighting designers in the Valley. Um, and they're really good. Um, they've started teaming up with some guys, some companies similar to ours. Um, having that be done in-house, I think it takes a little bit of some of the stresses involved with the contractor off of their plate because now they know that somebody designed it that's also going to be designing the control part of it and then implementing it with the electrical side. So they have one person to talk to from start to finish. Hey, why are we putting this light here? Oh, it's because we designed it when we talked to the client, you know, back in March, they said they want to do this. You know, all these different parts are kind of covered all under one umbrella. Um, so we absolutely, we've, we've got a handful of lighting designs under our, our belt. 
Um, we've implemented them all the way to the end. They include tunable lighting. We've, we've shown clients, we've, we've turned the keys over to clients that have tunable lighting where they can actually change the color temperature throughout the day or have it set to follow the, you know, the circadian rhythm uh, or help with their circadian rhythm. Um, and it's, uh, it's really a good thing. And I don't think there's very many people that have, have been able to get their feet on the ground with it. The idea is there, but it's, it's hard to implement because there's a lot of pieces you have to put together to make it work. Plus, you've eliminated that incompatibility problem where, you know, the electrician, you know, why did you pick those cans? Well, they were on sale. The guy at the electrical distributor walked around and said, I got a box for, you know, of these for on sale. You want them? Sure, I'll take them. And then find out that they don't jibe with the controls or not dimmable or whatever the case may be. You've kind of eliminated a lot of that. In, you eliminate some of that incompatibility as well as getting on the job earlier. Absolutely. And we have motivation as a company to bring in products and test them, you know, early on where I think if you have too many hands in the pot, nobody really wants to, nobody really wants to, take that responsibility and stand up and say, I'll be the responsible one to say all these things work together. And even though I'm only providing the control system, we bring it all in. The last project we just uh, completed, we, we, we finished the project about a month ago, but designing started well over a year and a half ago. And before we even sent the lighting design out, we had the, the we actually used USAI fixtures on that one. We had the fixtures, the control modules, and everything in our showroom tested working and showed them to the client before there was even a, a, a full finished approved set of plans with the city. Um, so that's something I think when you're doing all of these different things, we have motivation now to actually be the people that take the responsibility and test it and show the client up front how it works. You mentioned USAI. Uh, who? What is that the, the, the brand you're primarily using or what other brands are you using? Um, we're doing Lutron. We're kind of keeping our eye on what, you know, what they're doing with the tunable. Um, we've, we use color beam. Uh, the, the project we just finished was kind of a mix of USAI and color beam. Um, and it was surprising how, how well those two work together as an end user. You cannot tell that the, the lights change throughout the day. You can't tell that there's two different systems um, controlling the lighting or, you know, two different lighting systems there. Um, so we kind of just look at what the needs are and the budget. Obviously, USAI is kind of a higher budget solution. Um, and uh, But in that particular instance, we had a designer that didn't want any can lights in the ceiling. Um, and so we had to try to basically make rooms work with minimal amount of can lights. And they have some pretty good solutions for that, you know, without going crazy. So one of the other things that I hear, especially with that lighting crossover, is friction that gets caused with the electrician. You know, and obviously you've been working with electricians for, for years. How are you um, manipulating or, or handling that potential conflict where you're now doing lighting and you're now doing electrical? Well, we've got electrical partners that we really, uh, you know, value the relationship with. And right when we started this, um, my electrical manager and, and all of my AV salespeople who are obviously mentioning now that we do electrical, we sat down and we talked about who are our partners that we really do value relationships with, what builders and designers do they work with, and then let's make an effort to let them know what we're doing and then let them know that we're not going to step on their toes. And we've stuck to that because we do, you know, those 
there's electricians that will refer us a client that's a very large project and those electricians typically know what they're doing. So we like working with them. So we don't want to, you know, it's like, don't bite the hand that feeds you. We don't want to, you know, kind of go against that. So there's plenty of business, you know, like I'm sure you guys have, I've seen reports you guys doing about uh, um, uh, how busy we are now that COVID's starting to kind of let up and how it's almost reinvented our market because so many people are in their homes so much more. So there's plenty of business for everybody out there. We don't need to get greedy. We just want to, kind of put out there what we can do, what we do well, and then put it out to the people that are real, really struggling to find somebody that can do that, that job. All right. Uh, a couple of last questions. What, what keeps you up at night? Oh, oh this year it's been a number of things. <laughs> it's every night something new. <laughs> yeah, honestly, to the point where it's almost got to where nothing really has got me up. Like there's no new surprises I think that can come our way after the year we've gone through. You know, I, I just, you, you look at everything we've accomplished through a really rough time through a rough year. Um, uh, you know, the timing for me personally, you know, you, you take over a new business, you're just getting your feet on the ground and then things kind of feel like they're going to stop in their tracks, but they, you know, obviously they didn't really for our industry. Um, you just kind of feel like, all right, we made it through all this. We're going to be okay. You know, um, I still think about management, you know, that's management and business development are always two things that I guess are ingrained in me. Um, growing a company when we started in 2011, um, we had zero employees and to grow a company from that to now, you know, we had one point, I think before COVID I had over 30 employees in Arizona and, and we have, I think getting close to 10 here in California. Um, so there's always management issues that you just, um, I don't want to call them issues, but there's always tasks to handle as a manager. Um, and then I'm, I'm pretty focused on business development because I think that's how business grows. Um, so those are two things that I'm always thinking about. How can we, how can we keep our people buying in? How can we provide, how can we grow a company in a way that we can provide a better place for our employees to work and be proud of and all of that kind of stuff. Those are the things that I do think about. Um, so I think if you stay focused on those, the rest kind of follows. Mm-hmm.